next series, Break Free from the Pain. And let me first start um, this series by acknowledging my children for whom everything I do in outreach and parenting guides and family information is for them and inspired by them and by their Jewish heritage and legacy. Ahel ben Huda, Shimaran, Elaha, and Ahel ben Yael. May their days be filled with happiness until reconciliation and redemption. And thank you, WHFF Radio, with Healthy Families First, for the sponsorship, broadcasting team. Now, let's begin. WHFF Radio. And thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Akelea. <laughs> and I want to thank you guys um, for always being supportive and always shouting out and, and emailing us. You know, Camille gets a lot of emails from you guys. And um, it's always encouraging, even though I don't respond personally, it's always encouraging to just kind of understand the space that we're in. We understand the space that you're in and everybody's just moving forward with life kind of as it comes. I just really wanted to spend a moment and talk about the Up and New Conference Healing from Emotional Trauma. It, it's something that needs to happen, and, and, and we definitely need to state it, right? We need to talk about it. And um, although we specialize in, in helping people in parent-child relationships deal with trauma, I don't think we talk enough about having conferences for parents to then deep dive into what their own experiences were that then help resolve some things for their future and then deal with some processes that they need to kind of break down with what has happened in the past. Let's take a really short break. Be right back. And thank you so much for tuning in. I will just add that we we have to protect our space, our, our safe space. Everyone needs a safe space to just, so that life doesn't get exacerbating. Usually your safe space is at home. When you're dealing with a breakup, home might not be the safe space that we thought it was going to be because <laughs> maybe you're living with that person or I'll just take the scenario, the case study of you living with that person that um, you're breaking up from. And so there's a lot of things to consider, a lot of things to break up. It could be a divorce. It could be just a long-term relationship. Um, it, it could be anything. It, maybe, maybe you're not getting along with your parents. 
as an adult, you moved back in with your parents and things aren't working out. But now home is not that safe space that you thought it was. And when your safe space feels violated and it does not matter if the person is actually violating it. That, that's what I, when we deal with trauma, I want you to get in this and this idea that you put you first and not put others first. People that usually deal with trauma put other people first. And so this is about putting you first. So if you feel violated, then we're just going to take it as you feel violated. All right. And so now that you feel violated in your protective space at home, betrayal kind of starts to seep in. You ever felt at home that someone's been in the house. <laughs> you kind of go in, you live alone, and you, you feel like there's an aura or an essence or something's different. The maintenance man was there, didn't let you know. Maybe your ex picks something up and has his own key, his or her own key. So now home is not that safe space anymore. What do you do when, when you're faced with a traumatic event of breaking up? And in your mind, it includes some level of betrayal and lack of loyalty. And now you have this measure of forgiveness that you choose to or not choose to extend. There's a courtesy there, right? There's a courtesy of, do I want to extend to this person this this space of loyalty or this space of whatever that I have? One of the things we're going to discuss in the modules that we set out for the conference is learning that your view of forgiveness for the breakup or for whatever you felt violated for is not how they may define forgiveness. Right? Okay. So I'm Jewish and so forgiveness means something totally different than what it means for Christians. We we are not inclined to forgive and for us, nowhere in the Torah says that this is a process that has to happen. Okay, <laughs> nowhere. It, it 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 says what what may happen or what the ideal is and what the premise is. But there's some levels of violation, and and there's some things that happen in your life that people tend to wreak havoc on your reputation on your ability to care for yourself in the future, on your credibility with your family and friends and loved ones. And so, no, you're not in a space where you will ever forgive that person. And, of course, they'll ask because, you know, after all, (laughs) that's how relationships go. The person that takes the biggest piece then sometimes double back just to see if they can do it again. All right. So you've got all this stuff going on with violations and you've got all this stuff going on with trauma and you've got all this stuff going on and and now you got to get up and go to work. So your safe space is no longer your home. Your safe space is no longer work. Your safe space is no longer getting in the car, picking up the dog and getting home. So now you find a different safe space. Yet you're at home and and since you're breaking up, at one point this was a loving, healthy relationship. And so now maybe you're getting home at the same time. Or, Or those little things that didn't used to bother you, now that you know there's a breakup, start to bother you. 
These are things that we're going to discover in our modules about um, what adds difficulty of putting past behind you. What happens when trauma is just freaking trauma and it's gross and it's messy and it's one of those things that you don't want to go through, but here it is in your lap and it's something that someone else did to you or you, you kind of get drug through the mud. Maybe you had great credit and then y'all had okay credit when you were together. And because they don't take care of the finances, now that there's a breakup, they don't pay anything. And now your score is like a 340. (laughs) That's a fighting number. That's a fist fighting number. So what do you do? You know, understanding different levels of forgiveness is something that we need to talk about when we talk about getting over a breakup. It's something that we have to say, let's break this stuff down. Let's figure out how we're going to talk about it. Let's figure out what we're going to do. And when I say what we're going to do, I don't mean me. That's not what I mean. I mean you. (laughs) And I don't mean the person that's violated you. I mean you. And I don't mean how your families and friends kind of helped you come along and you cried and you drank some wine and you partied and woohoo, partied like it was 1999. Go Prince. No, I'm talking about you. And we're back. Thank you so much for staying with us. This is a safe space right now. <laughs> and families and friends, and, and we hope that you get the support that you need to move forward. Let me tell you just ideally in wrapping up, because this is not I don't like over-talking because then I give out all the key factors uh, for the conference and then we don't actually get to the conference because I've talked about it all and then you're even more confused because you didn't spend enough time with me. The knowledge that we are going to offer you during the conference will assist you in letting go of the hurt and moving forward with life and joy. Now, I am not promising you resolve, resolution, and, uh, you know, running through the fields of carelessness, chasing butterflies like you were for. I'm not promising you that. What I am promising you is that if you work this process, then the triggers that, that trigger you right now won't trigger you later. I'm going to give you a quick example of triggers. I knew this guy that had really severe mental health, all right? And I mean, it was severe. And, and he had some schizophrenia. He had some multi-personality disorder. He had about four or five people inside of him. Very, he had a twin brother. His twin brother uh, wasn't in his life at the time. But so it was just him that I knew. I wasn't very close to his twin. Um, but he had a roommate. And the roommate and I did a lot of stuff together. And, and so when... The person that had the mental health issues or struggles would come in, things would be fine. And I think he he kind of had a liking to me. And he would bark. He would bark. And just a little background history, I think he had like a little dog or something like that. Or some of his personality types were really violent. Well, when he would come in and he was going through something, he would bark and he would, he would talk so aggressively that I would just jump. I would jump. I would, ah! I would just jump. And it would just drive me nuts because I really liked my friend and, 
and and things of that nature. So it, it ended up being that in order to control the trigger, I just couldn't be around him because he was too causatic. So I would never go to my friend's house ever again. <laughs> I was like, listen, if you want to meet me, you gonna have to be at my three acres and we ain't doing this at your place. So that's what I'm trying to explain to you. What I realized is that everything that he was going through, I considered or my unconscious mind or my body reacted to a measure that made me feel unsafe because he had so many personality disorders, because he would bark like a dog and because he would do some other things. For me, being in his presence, I felt unsafe. So instead of me saying or feeling guilty because I didn't want to see my friend or because of me feeling like, well, my friend is going to be inconvenienced because it's convenient for me to go there instead of that person come toward me. You know, I put myself first and I was like, oh, no, we're going to stop it right here. That's what you're going to learn to do. You're going to learn how to make guilt free decisions because putting you in another situation makes you feel triggered. You got to learn how to speak up for yourself. And I could care less how my friend felt about it. It was one particular time in my life where I would have not ever brought it up because of I would feel guilty. I would feel like I was saying something about a person that struggled with mental health or because I knew the inconvenience that my friend would have instead of them coming to my home. I just I nipped that stuff in the bud guilt free, guilt free, nipped it in the bud, didn't think of Think about it again until you and I are having this conversation. So that's what I'm promising you during the conference. You're going to have a level of understanding so that you put yourself first. You set the boundary and we're not going to talk about what the person, we're not going to talk about what everybody else thought about you or how they would react because of what you stated or communicated or the guilt or the embarrassment that usually comes with people who have some level of trauma. So we put others first and we put others first way more than that they would put us. And then that is how we get into bad relationships with people that we probably shouldn't deal with anyway, had we not had the trauma. All right. That's your little excerpt. I'm not putting any more into this. (laughs) So... Thank you so much and I'll see you in the conference.